welcome to Numbers on the Board. Oh my God, it's been a while. My name is Bobby Corello. You're Jeff Skinway. I am. I'm oh, oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this edition yep. of Numbers. See you next no, week. The reason it's been so long, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault, Dallas Mavericks America. I've been busy and I got sick. And then they lost some games and I didn't want to come on here and get yelled at. So it's my fault that we've waited so long in between numbers on the board. We've been waiting for them to win a game. I haven't been sleeping. It's I, been a I don't while. think neither of us have been eating. No. Like I am so ready for them to finally have won a game. So yeah. thank God that they were able to prevail against the Golden State Warriors. But dude, they were totally going to beat Golden State, and then we'll sign Kemba. Let's do it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. You can't take. We've seen the script. All right, we know how this thing goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA, it it is all. We we know how the season ends, but we're yeah. just going to pretend to be surprised whenever uh, the Mavs get there. You'll find out in seven months. Yeah, give or take. Uh. You can't really take blame for getting sick. I feel like that's a little fair. I, I, or look, unfair. It's fair to take the blame because you're a busy guy. Yeah. But getting sick, is that's that's a bridge too far. I got the vid, and yeah. I avoided it, you know, and got ton, I got like 500 boosters. Maybe yeah. I got too many boosters. But uh, it finally caught me, and then I had to miss some games and miss some work, and I couldn't come here and et cetera and et cetera. You, had a, you found a good time to duck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can fill you in on everything that's happened the last couple of weeks, but it's not been I haven't been, been watching. How have they been yeah. doing? <laughs> well, you're not going to believe this. All right, Mavs corporate kiss ass. Yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're going to say. My radio interviews and our programming on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio and yes. uh, you know, all that stuff. Which, by um, the way, I listen to every Saturday and I love. Oh, thank you. I love Studio 41 Radio. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's been great. It's on 97.1 The Freak, Saturdays 12 to 2. Uh, except, except for this Saturday. For this Saturday. Yeah, because the Mavs play the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about Jalen Brunson. and I'm over it. I love, look, it. I, I, you know, whatever Twitter is worth, I said, don't be mad at Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson did what he was, everything he was asked while he was here, he did. And now he's putting up huge numbers on, you know, an average Knicks team. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's and not a big deal at all, Skin. I'm totally fine. No. Everything is good. They appear to not be missing his production <laughs> at all. Uh, but, you know, be happy for that guy. Mm. You know, he didn't do anything wrong to the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, it sucks to miss out on that, and they're going to have to figure out ways around that as franchise pivots, but don't be mad at Jalen Brunson. Three straight 30-point games. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Dude, he's not going to be a point I'm guard. I'm so in... happy. Oh, no, he's sad. He's not going to be a point guard in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing this in New York where he's the point guard. And what, did you guys want to trade Luka? No. So he went to go be a point guard somewhere. That's what he is. Well, He's the, not a six foot two guard. In the midst of losing like five out of seven or whatever it was, you might have gotten some yeses to, to, that, <laughs> to that question because things have been dire. Uh, but they but they did finally win. The players who are here, some have been really good, some have maybe not been as as really good, and we'll talk about all that. You I'm know sure. what's crazy about that win too? Would you? What if I told you, hey, we're going to beat Golden State, but Christian Wood's not going to play well, and Spencer Dinwiddie's going to get tossed early Dude, in the fourth? He got fourth. bounced, man. What do you think about that, objectively? So, it's always different being at the arena. You finally got to watch a game I on TV. I watched it at home, yeah. yeah. TNT and so, game. it feels, you know, as soon as, um, as soon as it happened, I thought Flagrant won. Mm-hmm. Even after seeing the replay, I was like, he clearly went out of his way to kind of, he went elbow high. Yeah. Although, that is a very James Harden thing. Like, elbow high is kind of the move now. Mr. Ginobili. Still, yeah. Still looked like a Flagrant one. But then, I think John Goble was the uh, crew chief. Mm-hmm. 
as soon as he went over to the microphone and he was talking into the microphone for like 20 seconds, I was like, oh no. I <laughs> Something really bad yeah, is about to happen. I fully expected it to be flagrant, flagrant one. Uh, here's the problem with anything. I don't care what it is. Anything in slow motion looks egregious. Mm. No matter what it is. It's just over. You, that's not what's happening in real life. Slow motion. Yeah. Right. And so if you want, I mean, dude, it's a flagrant one. It, but I, I mean, to me, it wasn't an ejection. Yeah. But, you know, I mean. Usually you, like the only flagrant twos you see are like guys coming from behind on a fast break. Like yeah. where you send the guy. into yeah! The, yeah. Like wind up and like real nasty. Think about a flagrant two while holding a basketball. Yeah. It's that's very pretty tough. wild. Yeah. And it's not like he was doing Maurice Lucas stuff. Mm, you know yeah. I mean? Dude, it happened fast I mean, and it was wrong. That's got to be one of the first offensive foul flagrant twos ever. I'm. Trying to think of one. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen I feel seen like it. there was one that happened in a Maverick game one time because I can't, I seem to recall going, I've never seen an offensive player get ejected for a flagrant foul, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was just last night. Maybe you said it <laughs> yeah, aloud to in yourself. My, in my mind. Uh, so much stuff happened. It just yeah. feels like it happened ages ago. But, but, uh, but the point being, Christian Wood didn't play well by his standards, and Spencer did what he got tossed, and they beat a hot Golden State team. Yeah. Huge win. Now yeah, it took a 40 sure. point triple double to do it, but yeah. huge win. And that's like the double edged sort of this whole thing, right? Because they've won games. They have won games. They're 500. Okay. So they, yeah. they, they have won some games this season, uh, but they have not won a single game whenever Luca hasn't been super duper ultra awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't won many road games there, Bob. Yeah, not really. Uh, not and they've really. lost some ridiculous road games. Yeah. And they've lost some ridiculous home games too. Yeah, that's let's, a good point. let's be fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, 0 and 5 or 0 and 6 whenever Luca doesn't break 30 points, which isn't where you want to be. No. Um, I have a couple stats about a couple players that we can get into. But, okay. Um, I, I, where do you want to start? There's a lot of there's a lot of different places we can go. There's like ten little things that we can kind of uh, launch from. Yeah. Okay. So for starters, they were in a similar predicament last year, but it was a different roster. Mm-hmm. You know, not only did you have Jalen Brunson who was going to get better as the year went on, you had Kristaps Porzingis, which ended up. I mean, I wanted Porzingis to be a part of this team. I understand the logic as to why not. And then they flipped him into Dinwiddie, and at times Bertans has really helped out. Helped mm-hmm. out in the game last night yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he was. Um, Dinwiddie played way better than I ever could imagine he would play because I didn't expect him to suddenly be a career badass three-point shooter after being a subpar three-point shooter his whole career. Yeah. So that's been huge. And, like, if he really regressed, I wouldn't be surprised because of his career. But right now I'm going, man, he... I'm hoping that this is what he is now, right? Uh, so Dinwiddie's been great and been needed. Um, and so I, I can see why you can look at where the team was last year when they were fiddle-farting around and then look at this year's team that's fiddle-farting around and which Luke has been extraordinary and in good shape and all that stuff and go, I don't see where the help comes from. But where the help needs to come from is it needs to come from figuring out the rotations, that really work to the best of the team's advantage, as and I don't. I personally don't care who starts. I've never cared who starts. Uh, I've talked to a million NBA players. Go look. Everybody wants to start, but they'd rather close. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's anybody who's played in the league will tell you. Yeah, getting yanked from a game with like five minutes left is yeah. probably got to be like the worst feeling. It's way worse. They all want to start and they all want to close, mm-hmm. right? But uh, Jet proved. It ain't, you know, it's, it's, it's at the end that matters the most. And he sacrificed for the team. So, uh, but the rotations aren't right right now, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sure Jason Kidd has a different opinion. I'm sure whoever's watching it, and you have a different opinion. But, um, but until 
dudes shoot like they're supposed to shoot, which we had the same conversation last year, and it did get better. Uh, and until they figure out the best way to utilize these guys, knowing that they don't have enough creators, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, Kemba Walker solves it because he wasn't on an NBA team and he's got knee problems. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I expect him to kind of be Trey Burke is really what I expect. Um, a better version, hopefully, and maybe his knees hold up and he can be, do the Derrick Rose thing, right? That'd be incredible. But I'm not banking on that. I'm looking for relief if Spencer Dinwiddie gets tossed. The same issues they have, they're going to continue to have. But the main thing that can get better is guys get more comfortable with each other, especially defensively. And then guys, Maxie, Tim, Tim showed it last night. Maxie, Tim, Reggie, those guys need to hit their shots. If those guys are all not going to hit their shots, it's going to be hard on the Mavericks because of the way they're built. And they went into this year going, all right, we we're getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back. But it's funny, if you went back and looked at why Washington was like, yeah, we'll trade Spencer Dinwiddie. He was having problems coming back from an injury, and he was very up and down. So it's not ridiculous to think, hey, Tim Hardaway, who, by the way, has been a streaky player in the NBA. He really settled in with the Mavs, but he's been an up and down player. Coming off injury. A lot of downs injury. lately. A lot of downs yeah. lately. But last night was a big up. It was they, a huge up. They needed it. Two four-point yeah. plays when he converted, right? When he didn't convert one yeah, of those. Yeah, I think you're right. Think um, you're right. Maybe could have had another one, too. But, dude, he was he two for 19 going into that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. if that's your best score off the bench or your yeah. best guard scoring guard off the bench, that's a problem. So even if he's, like, five for 19, do you feel that better than two for 19? Yeah, and these margins are so thin, They're too, slim. Right? Like, Five for nineteen is very bad, but if he was five for nineteen, they probably would have won. They would have at least yes. one of the games. Probably the Toronto game. Yeah. yeah, more than likely. And so these are we're n- we're not asking for much. No, but here's the deal. So you're talking about guys struggling shooting. Maxi, g- going into last night's game, so I think maybe Tim, because Tim shot it pretty well, he might have have come up a little bit. But going into last night's game against the Warriors, Luca, Tim, Maxi, Bullock. All shooting career lows from three. Been significantly. Yeah. Dorian, lowest in four years. But he, he's only Luka's a couple percentage he's points. 33%. Oh, 30, really? 33.4 or 34.3. One of he's been 36 two. and a half, 37. What has yeah, he been? Yeah, last year he was like 39.5. Right. Like, or 38.5. Going up. Yeah. yeah. Um, has gotten better every year of his career. Yeah. Uh, eventually that's not going to happen. Otherwise he's going to be shooting like 70%. Oh, you know, my God. He's 18. Steph Curry. Who yeah, knew? Be sick. But uh, whenever you have five guys in your top seven, eight, nine, whatever, mm-hmm. who are all shooting at worse than they ever have. Right. Like, you're just not going to win. Like, you no. need them to hit shots. Now, it doesn't matter if Josh Green, who has been shooting it great, if Josh Green is shooting great because he's taking, like, two to three a game. Right. Luca takes, like, ten, mm-hmm. and he's shooting it worse than he ever has. You right. know, Bullock takes five, Finney takes six, Maxi takes also two or three, so there's your Josh Green. Bullock and Tim that. are killing us. Yeah. They're the ones that are having the problems. And I'm not saying that to, like, Get rid of the. I'm not that guy. Like I expect yeah, you just them. Need them to be better. I expect them to do what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's really what this is about. I expect them to do what they do, and they're not doing it at a really low rate, and it's hurting the team. Yeah. Because their Mavericks are getting great shots, mm. and that's what this NBA game is all about. Can you get great shots? And Luca can get you great shots. Those guys have to make them, and if they don't, they're going to lose frustrating games. Yeah. Now. Putting all this emphasis on that, we can talk about defense and rebounding and all these other things that need to be better too. But it is really hard to win NBA games if you don't have a bunch of shot creators and the guys that you're requiring to hit their open shots and are getting open shots are all missing them. 
that's a problem. And I know nobody wanted to hear that last year. And if you said, hey, these guys are shooting a low percentage, you got beat up. But they started making their shots, and then the team started winning games. There's other things that work, too. Mm-hmm. But and if you're missing all your great looks, this is a hard game. You have 6'10 guys closing out on you. Make your open shots. If you don't, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, the difference between, let's say you take 43s a game, which they do, give or take, you make 12 of them, that's 30%. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. You make 15 of them, that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you only have to make like one extra three, yeah. two extra threes. And that's the difference between what a wild terrible swing. and great. Yeah, what a wild you know. swing in your net rating if you add three points to it. Yeah, you just know? that's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so here's, a, here's a, a little Reggie Bullock stuff. So corner threes. The Mavs this year, very unusual. They've taken and made, taken and making the most corner threes per game. Okay. Despite taking the fewest field goal attempts in the league because they play at the slowest pace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So despite all of that, some teams take more threes in total. Almost every team, in fact, I think every team takes more shots in general, but the Mavs still take the most and make the most corner threes per game, which is great. Mm-hmm. There's two shots you want, a layup, a dunk shot, or a corner three. Mm-hmm. That's what you want every possession. The Mavs get a lot of the good ones. This season, two of the top three assist combinations so passer and shooter. Mm-hmm. So sh- passer, shooter, make shot. Is this uh, is this frequency or percentage Total. or efficiency? Total. Okay. Just the the guys that have the assister that is connected with the most corner three shooters, mm-hmm. right? Um, two of those top three in the NBA are on the Mavs. Okay. So Luca and Dorian, mm-hmm. they're number one. Mm-hmm. They have linked up for a corner three eleven times. Okay. Luca and Dinwiddie are tied for second place with ten. So there are three people. Three passers to shooters that have done it ten times. Yeah, two of them are on Dallas this season. Luca and Bullock have connected only twice. Last season, Luca and Reggie Bullock connected twenty-eight times, mm. which was the third most in the NBA. Yeah, so they were one of the most prolific. Like he was one of the most prolific corner three shooters in the league. Now this year, his attempts are. It feels like they're down a little bit because he's kind of like not shooting as much anymore. I mean, like he's out of shook, dude. He, out of kind of yeah, yeah yeah. He's passing out of what would have been attempts right. uh, last season whenever he was, he was shooting it well in the second half. Uh, but even still, he's taking the same like percentage of corner threes versus threes from at the top of the arc. He's always been a very, very good corner three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, last season in the playoffs, he was an excellent corner three-point shooter. This year, he's not. He's shooting like in the 20s yeah. on corner threes. And so, yes, he's been shooting it poorly, but like this is all to say he is probably going to end up shooting it better at some point considering he was one of the best in the NBA at it last year, has been above average for his entire career, and is getting served really good looks that everyone else on the team is making. Yeah. You know, and so if he does pick it up a little, just a little bit, just a little bit, the Mavs are already the best corner three team in the NBA. Just imagine how much better they'll be. Yeah. You know? And that's, I, like, that's easy offense. I think I was the last guy in town groaning when he would shoot. Because I felt confident in him shooting that ball. Because mm-hmm. he's shown that he will make it. And I was in the back of my mind, ah, he's a slow starter. So I was honestly and truly probably the last guy going, uh-oh. You know, I mean, like, everyone was, you know. And here's the other thing, too. The other thing is that it's magnified when you're losing, right? Like, if he's going 0 for 5 from 3 and they're winning, you're talking about it, but it doesn't feel caustic. Mm. If he's going 0 for 5 and you're losing, it's, oh, my God, we need to cut him and start Jaden Hardy. I mean, like, and that's what the 
like some of the reaction is. Yeah, or Josh Green too. Has been, yeah, he's been awesome. And you know what? I I've thought about this. I'm sure you've thought about lineups, but I understand you know the the need or uh, desire for fans to have Christian Wood start. But if I were to start Christian Wood, honestly, I would start Maxi Kleba alongside him because mm-hmm. I don't. I I really trust what those guys could do together defensively and rebound wise. I'm going to start Dorian. I'm going to start Luca. And if I'm changing my lineup up like that, I honestly would probably start Josh Green ahead of Spencer Dinwiddie. Not because of anything Spencer's done, but just to stagger balance. Okay, then you're bringing Spencer and Tim off your bench. All right, that's pretty dynamic. Uh, Josh is, you know, Luca doing what he does and having Christian Wood on the floor is going to get these other guys shots, Dorian, Maxie, and, and Josh. So I would feel less need to have Spencer starting alongside Luca if if the desire oh we got to start Christian Wood which so many people are barking about and I understand Christian wanting that he's in a contract year or his agent or whoever wanting that I get it uh, I love the idea of him coming off the bench me too I love it but if it's causing all these problems and the team wants to look at it I mean I think our fan base any fan base makes a much bigger deal out of it than it is. Uh, because truth is they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They project their own lives on the sporting figures and go, well, if this happened to me at my job, blah, blah, blah. They don't know. Mm. They're they're projecting onto this. But if, if it got to the point where we have to start Christian Wood, then I don't think it's just a matter of replacing Dwight Powell with Christian Wood. I think it triggers other things that has to happen alongside it so that the team can be as good as it can possibly. Yeah, like I don't think you can just plug in Wood as the lone big and – all right. Like I, I think I think Dude, he's best can. playing with another big guy. Absolutely. And Maxi, we think of as defensively as kind of this like more wing player switchable and all that stuff. But he can also protect the rim. Yeah. And he can also he's, he's a great also just a, a, he's a large human. And you if know? you put if you put Maxi alongside another long guy, then suddenly there's more to contend with inside. Right. But that fundamentally changes what you want to do size wise. Oh like yeah. The Mavs have a lot of wings. Yeah. They have a lot of perimeter. Now, the perimeter stuff hasn't always worked this year. You know, like last night, the Warriors uh, shot 79% at the rim. And so, you know, maybe... Is that bad? Yeah, that's really bad. Oh, okay. So, uh, they averaged 21 attempts in the restricted area per game. Last night, they had 33. Oh, my God. So, you know, a lot of perimeter breakdowns for a perimeter-oriented team. So, I understand wanting more length on the inside, but I don't think that Wood can, can be like that only guy. Now, maybe he will be. Maybe he will be. But throughout his career, he's either been kind of like the power forward... Or a bench, a bench big. Yeah, he's and not like there's Ty- no shame in being a bench big. No, and he's great at it. Mm-hmm. But he he's not Tyson Chandler back there patrolling the paint and getting people in the right spots and barking out orders. He's mm-hmm. not that. Yeah. Now he, I'm not saying he can't be that, but he's not that. Yeah. And so if he's on the floor for his offense and pretty good rebounding numbers, then you need another defensive element back there. And so that means needs to be Maxi or JaVale, or Dwight. I think with the way that those guys play together, I would prefer Maxi. my t- my preference. I, I think the team likes having those two together, too. Yeah. That's kind of the, the duo. Yeah. And it makes sense. They both kind of cover each other's weaknesses at either end of the floor. But I also think that the truth, the real truth of the matter is if Wood is starting, regardless of who's starting next to him, uh, he's going to get less touches than he would if he's coming off the bench. Because Luca takes a lot of shots. Yeah. Especially in the first quarter. Like yeah. He takes, like, eight to ten shots, and also five to six free throws, like, regularly in the first quarter. And so... The man is putting his tattoo imprint on the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's putting a giant tiger tattoo on the game <laughs> yeah. in the first quarter, and yeah. that is just... It doesn't matter who else is on the floor. Like, if Denwood's out there, even last year with Jalen, you know, 
those guys became spot-up shooters whenever they were playing next to Luka, and then whenever Luka would go out of the game, that's whenever they would really influence things with their playmaking and penetration and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whenever Luka's on the floor, you are a supporting player. Whenever he's out of the game, Dinwiddie, Tim, Christian Wood, that's whenever you can try and go get yours. And now that's had varying degrees of success, and I was kind of worried about Tim going into the starting lineup because you're putting Luka, Tim, and Dinwiddie all on the floor together. Where's your offensive pop off the bench, especially like last night with Wood struggling and the bench was really bad. Yeah. Like all of their plus minuses were terrible. Right. Um, but boy, Golden I think, State was revved. Their bench unit was awesome. Yeah. Which normally they're not good at all. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, Wood's not going to go two for infinity very often. And Denwood's also not going to get ejected probably ever again. And mm-hmm. so, like, I think that won't be a nightly issue. Um, but. That, I think, is the... That's one thing. Now, here's the other thing. I'm going to give you a quick pop quiz, all right? While we're talking about guys that that people want to start or that maybe should start. Joey Hassett. Uh, Who's that? Uh, Oh, I thought it was... It's a guessing game or... Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to give you clues. Uh, I'll I'll tell you when to guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Who's Joey Hassett? Uh, Very early Mav. Short, white dude. Outside shooter. Okay. Was he good? Uh, Did he start? No, nah, well, he might have started on some really bad teams. He might have gotten okay. a start or two. All right. Yeah, you give me the pop quiz. In the meantime, I'll pull up Joe Hassett on, okay, on yeah, NBA. Yeah. Right on, yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, Joe Hassett, I think, is actually a forgotten Mavs guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is he really? Yeah, Mike Fraley. Yeah, okay, good. Or Keep Mavs going. archives. Yeah. Um, okay, so what if I told you that there was a player who, when on the floor, right? When uh-huh. he's on the floor, so yep. these are on-off splits. The Mavs have the following stats. They would have the seventh best offense and the number one defense in the NBA, and the second best net rating. And when okay. he's off the floor, they'd be 20th in offense and 13th in defense. Whenever he's on the floor, the Mavericks shoot 36.2% from three, and whenever he's off the floor, they shoot 33.6% from three. Okay. Whenever he's on the floor, they would have the fourth best opponent effective field goal percentage in the league, which means opponents shoot it very badly. Uh-huh. Whenever he's on the floor, the Mavericks would have a league best opponent free throw rate. So they don't commit a lot of shooting fouls. And whenever he's on the floor, they would have a league best opponent turnover rate. So they force a ton of turnovers. Yeah. Uh, who do you think that player is? And, All right. And w- <laughs> so if we were doing this out of context, I'd go Luca. That's a good guess. But I think we're gonna end up, you're going to end up telling me it's Josh Green. Uh, that player is Dwight Powell. Oh, wow. Yeah. And dude, yeah. that's against starting lineups. Yeah. He plays all his minutes against starting bigs. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and look, Dwight is not shooting threes. Why don't we just play him forty-eight? Yeah, why don't we do that? What are we doing, J Kid? Get it together, that's man. That's the whole thing about when Emmett Smith rushes uh, for a, or they say when Emmett Smith rushes twenty times a game, the Cowboys win. Let's just hand him the ball Every the first time. twenty times. Yeah, and what are we we'll doing? Yeah, just seal seal the deal. Yes. Um, he's not taking the threes. Uh huh. Dwight's often not forcing the turnovers. And, uh, you know, he's not really, he's kind of known for committing a lot of silly fouls. Or getting punched in the face. Or getting punched in the face. Accidentally. But, like, all of these numbers don't lie. And going back even to, like, 1920, now the the 2021 season, coming back from the Achilles, he really struggled. But 1920 season, all of his on-offs were stellar. Mm -hmm. Last season, many of his on-offs were stellar, especially post-trade. Okay. He is a very good defensive center in kid system the way that the Mavs want to defend he's mobile he steps out on the perimeter covers a lot of ground is talk Franco had a really good uh thread of Dwight's closeouts and stuff where he's running out and like closing out on shooters in the corner covering a lot of ground right 
to get out there. Now, you don't think of Dwight as this defensive anchor or as like this Bam Adebayo, like we can switch him onto the wings and right. like, he just dominates everybody. Uh, but he fits in really well with what they're wanting to do. And his rim rolling opens up better looks for guys. His screens for Luka open up driving lanes for Luka. And believe it or not, they don't even foul all that much whenever he's on the floor, despite kind of the reputation. And so, you know, if you're going to start Wood, you're going to have to bench Powell. There's no guarantee that all this stuff will translate because mm-hmm. most of these on-offs are very favorable to Dwight, which means they're unfavorable to somebody else. And, and often, in many cases, that's un- unfavorable to Wood. And so, I mean... I think that you kind of have to keep going with what you've got. All right, I'm going to be devil's advocate on all this stuff. All right. Now, before I do it, I'm going to give you a Joe Hassett update. Okay, all right. He started four (laughs) career games. Nice. None of them for the Mavericks. Uh, In the inaugural Mavericks season in 80-81, he played in 17 games, and he only averaged 16 minutes a game. However, in an era where there were not a whole lot of three-point shots taken. He shot two and a half a game. Dude, so yeah, he was a gunner. Dude, listen to this. His next year in Golden State, he took five three-point shots a game. Oh, my God. Making 37% of those while only averaging 18 minutes a game. (laughs) And this is like in 1982? Joe Hassett. Oh, my God. God, he's man. our new hero. Five threes and like 18. Even Charlie Villanueva is like, well, that's <laughs> a lot of threes. He's my man. hero. Yeah. And he had a come over. Dude, in 37%, and I mean, even today, yeah, 37% on five threes, you're getting like $15, $18 million. Heck yeah. I mean, God, that guy got Robinson. underpaid. Yeah. Uh, now let's get back to Dwight Powell. Um, you know, I think people like watch this going, so why did we sign JaVale McGee if he's this, that, and the other? And then there's always there people that have their frustrations. Uh, truth be told, Dwight was always better than anybody gave him credit for. Uh, But where Dwight would run into problems, and there's not that many times you do it, but covering Joel Embiid, for Mm. example, or one of these really They did just play against Denver twice without Jokic. Maybe that would have been a big issue. Absolutely. Probably would have been a big issue. And that's why you want to have a JaVale McGee. So, you you know, I always look at it this way with bigs, unless you have Jokic. But I want to have... A good. I want to have a selection of bigs to choose from that some might play more other nights than others, depending on who you have. You know, with the Warriors and everyone talking about, uh, you know, smart, uh, small ball or skill ball or whatever, they always had Zaza or Bogut or somebody on uh, JaVale. Mm. They always had dudes on their team. Looney now. Yeah, Looney now. They can play against bigs. It's not like you want to be able to play every different style of ball. You just don't want to run into a team that you can't match up with and they run you off the floor. And that's one of the reasons why they went after, I think they went after JaVale in the off season is he kid and Dudley had coached it. Cut Dudley played with him. Kid coached him in LA. Uh, you know, he was available. He fit into this slot and this, that, and the other. Dude, he's been disappointing. Like it's been disappointing. No one was talking. All anybody was talking about with Dwight Powell and, September was, ah, we probably won't see him play that much this year. Yeah. He's your starting guy and he's delivering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were probably. I don't some... think that was the plan. No, it was absolutely yeah. wasn't. I think they wanted JaVale to work and, and it, it, it hasn't yet. Now, I feel like his last couple games, he's been much better. And there's, there's both ends. It's a long season. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Reggie Bullock last year, he was a train wreck until Tim got hurt and he went in the starting lineup and <laughs> took mm. off, right? Uh, so there'll be some times where things change and. Uh, you just want to have the nice complement of big. So they're going to need JaVale. They're going to need Dwight. They're going to need Maxi. They're going to need Christian. They're going to need all those guys mm-hmm. at yeah. different times. And it, it could be, again, I mean, heck, maybe 
a month from now, it's Wood and Dwight both starting. I can see but that. I, I just think, you know, I think that there's – that creates its own set of problems to solve on defense. I'm not saying that Wood is a, a poor defensive player or anything, but the Mavs clearly want as many guys on the floor they can switch as possible. Yeah. That's why you like Maxie being with Wood because Maxie can switch. Mm-hmm. Dwight, you don't really want switching. Right. Wood, you definitely don't really want switching. You don't want either of those guys chasing around Dame or Steph or like right. James Harden. Like you need perimeter sound guys, right? Isn't it amazing how on offense Christian Wood uh has this incredible ability to change direction and do this amazing stuff at high speeds with these long limbs, and then sometimes on defense he looks like Bambi on skates. It's so it's weird. Shades of Dirk, man. I know. Yes, it's, it's totally Dirk. We just compared Christian Wood to Dirk. Yeah. And I did. Did we get knocked off the no, air? No, we got. Uh, we're we're still we, recording, Katya. We're still, good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did. The thunder, lightning has not <laughs> struck me or anything. Dirk just felt a pain in his side somewhere yeah. in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. But in the same way about about Luca too. Luca does the same thing. All this yeah. dazzling stuff on offense, but defensively, no. What we're seeing Luca do now is use his head a lot more, get a lot more steals. The way that Dirk used to get the swipe blocks, Luca's doing that too. The Larry Bird thing, dude. Yeah. So Woods got to add some of those tricks to yeah. kind of you know. Yeah. If a, a a big part of defense is knowledge and anticipation, the big part of it, anticipating how to be in the right position to make the play. Obviously, if you're an extraordinary athlete, you can make up with your athletic ability for getting other things wrong. But when you're not a great athlete comparatively, your wits and anticipation need to be on point. A really great example of it is later in his career, he was still incredibly strong, but when a lot of his quick side-to-side quickness had left him because of age, Jason Kidd was still always in the exact right place to make the right play, Oh yeah, grip it, strength, all of that, because he was smarter than everybody else on the floor. His anticipation, thinking about what that other player is going to do at lightning speed. That's an amazing concept. And there's so many just like, the, the vision of, they talk about the vision of the game and seeing everything. They always talk about it on offense. It's on defense too. Those same guys that saw everything, the Larry Birds, the Jason Kids, they saw everything on defense too. Mm. It's just an, it's an ability to think through these things at lightning fast speed and be in the right position to make that play, not necessarily being the stud athlete to get there. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the biggest plays of the game against the Warriors, Luca picks off that pass to the corner, takes it down the floor and shoots the jumper. That's with like, what, two minutes left or mm-hmm. three minutes left or whatever, put the Mavs up four. That was a huge turning point in the game. Yeah. If Luca's checked out, or if he's just not thinking, then, you know, there's no turnover. But he was anticipating that pass and made that play. He's barking at a ref. Yeah, or just whatever. Uh, Wait, looking at something shiny, picking dandelions, you know. I, I get the game, and I get the, uh, politicizing and posturing and all that stuff that a player's got to do within a game because you do have to. It's a f- Players didn't invent this phrase. Coaches did. Work the refs. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that exists, and players have to do it. But when you're working the ref, you are focusing on that, and you are not focusing on whatever is happening on the yeah. floor. And there have been times that's when he's fact. done that, but yeah. there have also been times like last night where he was able to kind of put it aside. When you said that, I'm like, that makes you the most complete basketball player ever. When you're dialed in with your incredible basketball brain on both sides of the floor like that, you're just beyond special. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Now, he also did commit an eight-second violation. <laughs> okay, I was. What, I, oh, you were at the game. Yeah, I was watching that, going, "You're not going to get across." Yeah, I was. You're not going to get across. I was real worried, and yeah. he didn't. Get and it. I was sitting next to Mike, and Mike is always—he's kind of like 
designing crap on his laptop in the middle of a game, but still pays attention somehow. It's very weird. Um, and they called him, and I was like, he just got a call for an eight-second violation. And Mike looked up, and he was like, you know, because the refs by then had already called 35 travelings. Right. like, they got to let these guys play. And I was like, no, Mike, you don't understand. <laughs> he wouldn't have got there in 10 seconds. Right. Like, he was way, It way, was way, almost like a time. deliberate Rondo backcourt really violation. Yeah. Yeah, it really, really was. And that's the last time I think I saw an eight-second violation, yeah. too. So shout Without out. Without someone pressuring uh, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's two great basketball brains. I mean, yeah. I guess Rondo everyone is prone to lapses. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got the win. They got the win, man. I mean, uh, but. So needed. And this is not, uh, I guess, talking about Wood and everything. It's kind of become this very polarizing issue. He had a bad game last night. He had some great games earlier this week and yeah. last week, and he's been very excellent for large portions of the season. I'm very um, much Team Wood. Yeah. Like, we need him to be a big part of this team. Yeah, 100. I mean, I think that your formula right now is very different from last season for obvious reasons that yeah. we don't even need to get into because you know them. But your formula right now, unfortunately, is you need Luca to score 30 points or more, and then you need two of Tim, Dinwiddie, or Wood to have good games, mm-hmm. like 15-plus points. Right. And then you need that. So let's say Luca gets thirty; those three combined for forty, right? Yeah. That's seventy. Then you need at least one of Dorian, Josh Green, Maxi Kleba, or Reggie Bullock to go for double digits. And then you need the guys that don't get to double digits to at least make one shot each. Your formula is way too complicated. I know it's so hard for them to win games because even if all of those things happen, they still might not get to a oh. hundred points. Okay, let me give you this instead. All right. Of the guys that aren't doing their job, and I don't mean that like in a libelous, slanderous, oh my gosh, critical way, like they all have standards. Yeah. Of the guys that aren't playing to their standards, who is the most important guy to get up to his standards? Man. Oh my God. I mean. Pick one. You can't, You got to pick one. I mean, I know who I would want, uh, and it's not even close. Probably, honestly, probably Tim. Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. all day, every day. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to think about it. Like, I expect that guy, when healthy, to give me 15 off the bench, yeah. okay, and to knock down open shots. And if he can do that, you know, all shooters go through stretches where they miss, but if I can count on Tim to knock down some shots and give me 15 off the bench, it helps this team immensely. It really does. Because I know it what does. Luke is going to do. I pretty much know what Spencer, at least, you know, post-Washington Spencer. I know what Christian Wood is and isn't, I think. Uh, you know, I don't expect Maxi to give me ten a night or whatever, but you know, I want him to, you know, hit he's the hit shots. shots. Yeah, you got to hit threes. But I know he's going to what he's going to do on the other end of the floor, and that's why I need him out there. Uh, I know what Dorian is. I and Josh Green, I feel like has the most room to surprise us. But what is he going six a game, seven a game? What does Josh or Josh Green get? Oh, uh, man, yeah, I mean, right now, but it varies wildly. I mean, and for as great as he shot the ball this year, he had like a seven game stretch where he shot ten percent from yeah. three. So, so it's not like he's been consistent. But he doesn't either, shoot. You know? You know, yeah. and I don't think it's, a, oh, wow, Josh Green's shooting the ball 12 times, and it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. And so I know what all those guys are, right? I I need Tim Hardaway Jr. to give me 15 a night off the bench, and I don't I need him to not take 25 shots to get it. Yeah. If he does that, which I think everyone expected going into this year, and I want to cut him slack for his injury. Every every player should get that. And I'm not, I don't think it's for lack of trying or anything. He's not a shooting slump, right? But he's a shooter. He's a gunner. Mm. He's going to put up shots. So if he's in the game and he's missing, those shots are still going up. That's what he does. He's taking them no matter no what. No matter what. Yeah. And that's what he's supposed to do. But how do we start this podcast? By saying 
those guys still have to shoot them. They have to. Like, it doesn't matter if, no. you're, if you're terrible. You need hey, to take that shot. Hey, Tim, I want you to, like, drive and kick a lot all of a sudden. No, it's not what he does. No, I don't, mm. It can happen. But my point being, of these guys that are underperforming, if, if the other guys keep underperforming, but you can give me Tim back at 15 a game, I bet this is a 13 or 14 win team. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I listed off a 15-point checklist of things that need to happen for them to win just to get to, like, 100 points and right. have a chance to win. And, oh, by the way, that's also, like, don't get murdered on the glass. Yeah. Get some stops, all right. that stuff. Um, don't commit a zillion turnovers. And also, please just make your free throws. Someone just make your free throws. That's the that is far and away the most frustrating thing. Very to me very year. frustrating, and it's not even close. Yeah, but if you know you know what Luke is going to give you, pretty much guaranteed. The only thing you don't know is how good he's going to be, yeah. right? Like, is he going to go for fifty or just right. forty tonight? Right. But if the next level of guys, like Jalen, was so consistent last year, Dinwiddie was very consistent after the trade. Yeah, um, those guys were so rock solid and so reliable and so consistent that. Every, every single time that one of those guys can do the same thing for you every night, mm-hmm. Dorian is going to give you 11 a game, 12 a game. That's one less variable yeah. that you have to consider. Right. right. You know exactly who's giving you points. You know exactly how many points to expect. And you, you know that they are not going to have these like, I'm going to score four tonight, but I'll give you 32 tomorrow. No, it's just give me 18 both games. Mm-hmm. Just like, just be you. you right. Know? Um, that just makes it, everyone's job so much easier. Because yeah. then, then you're not needing Josh Green to go eight of nine to win a game you're not needing random player x to have a career high game in order to win like you can just rely on your players that you're already giving minutes to you know you, but those guys right now are just not consistent enough they're not and do you know what else i think i think of all these variables that we're talking about and all these things you know what i think is the thing that is most achievable of all these things hmm. is for tim to give me 14 to 15 and yeah night. like yeah. i understand you know and uh you know guys that they're real streaky you know they can drive fans crazy but, dude, we've seen more good Tim Hardaway Jr. here than we've seen uh, suspect Tim Hardaway Jr. here. And it's not really that close. It's just the, the bad games the bad stand out really a little more. But, I mean, he's had, like, he's had seven games this year where he's made at least three threes. Is that right? Yeah. I would have thought that he hasn't made uh, two threes yeah. in five games. But, I mean, yeah. he's just, he, he gives you production. Yeah. You know, and him and Wood whether they're coming off the bench or whether they're starting, those are the two guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you need Wood and Tim to consistently give you like 30 points combined. Yep. And if you do that, dude, everything is going to be just feel so much easier. You need your best highest paid players to play like your best highest paid players. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Four games into the season or three games into the season. And I thought Christian Wood was going to come off the bench all year long. And I wanted him to come off the bench. I seriously thought he was going to average 20 a game. Because when he comes off the bench going up against, I mean, there's not enough good starting bigs in the league, much less guys coming off the bench. Mm. I was like, he is going to eat these dudes up. And remember, uh, coming out the gate, he was doing it. Um, And now I look back and go, man, I really thought that guy was going to give us 20 a night, didn't I? Uh, So there's a lot of things that are not working out right now. And I... Honestly and truly don't think that just throwing Christian Wood in the lineup makes him a 20-point-a-night guy. And I know I don't think it necessarily makes them a better first-quarter team or anything like that. It's, they they got to figure out with what they have, it's very different uh, than what they've had, how does it work together. And I honestly don't think it's just, well, just start this guy. I don't think it's that. I think it's trying to figure out, and part of it has been difficult to figure out 
because guys that you need to hit shots aren't hitting shots, whether they're starting or coming off the bench. So it's hard to say what lineups are and aren't going to work when everyone's shooting below their career percentage. And I don't think it's just a matter of, well, start that guy and then everybody's going to make their shots Mm. because they're getting good shots. They're not bad shots. They're good shots. It'd be different if every shot was contested with one second on the shot clock. Last season's early season offense was bad. Yes. This season's early season offense, they're just not making shots. shots. Now, this is the most optimistic view, but like they're getting a top 10 shot quality in the league. Like they get really good shots all the time. In just make any, them. Just in, make them. In any level of basketball, if you get great shots and you don't make them, it's going to be hard to win. Yeah, and it's going to look bad, and it's going to feel bad, and it's going to stink. But hey, and then you're going to lose to Toronto, and they got four guys out, and you have to play Milwaukee the next night, and it feels like the end of the world. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I'm not going to watch this ever again. And then Luca goes for 40 points and a triple double, and you beat the Warriors, what who were surging. Game too, man. That's such a good November game of basketball. It was fun. Like, that kind of thing. That was that was. I just really the fun. only thing I tweeted last night is, man, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it or something like that. It was like fun. <laughs> like man, if you can't that enjoy that, fun. stop watching sports. Dude, Luca and Steph playing like that. I mean, man, that was, was that was incredible. Awesome. That was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, we so need more fun. games like that. Less. Oral the surface. Toronto game yeah. wasn't any fun. Yeah, that that game sucked. That, that sucked. That was trash butt. It was horrible. really bad. I was there with all my my nephew. Cooper was in town. We have the whole family. We're watching this going. I'm going, this sucks. Kids, let's gather around the fire and watch some basketball. Let's watch the MVP. Oh, oh. And the kids are like, I want to walk oh. into the fire. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, last Good. night was fun. It was fun. More of that, please. Less of the other stuff. Uh, closing thoughts. Parting shots. Last words. I give the stage to you. Um, well, what sucks is playing the Knicks at 11 o'clock, dude, what not a, a big, trap. not a big matinee fans, not, not in New York oh, or Miami okay. New York. Yeah, or yeah, Brooklyn yeah. or LA. That's or, just yeah. an L yeah. <laughs> that's just straight up L. Hey guys, you get to go to New York twice a year. Oh, I'm not going to party there and I'm 23 yeah. and rich. <laughs> so that's an L, uh, but you got to destroy Detroit. And then I think where things really like you really start. Getting your act together, uh, health provided. That that important Phoenix game on Monday night. Uh, because that's the gonna... next night, by the way, is an L. Second night of a back to back at Denver, impossible. Oh yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, the, the, impossible. Not even just the Mavericks. Anybody's yeah, record they on win that. more than eighty percent of those games. It's a straight it's, L. Yeah, you're done. You're and done. that's why losing to them on that Sunday night is so frustrating. Yeah. It's a hell. Yeah. You'll love that one in April. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll love it just as much as I love it now. <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. This, this was as fun as the Warriors game. Much, no, it was Much better than the Raptors game. I mean, I had fun. I loved it. But, man, I can't. We can't beat last night. Dude, you put up 40 and 10. We're putting numbers on the boards. You put up 40, 10, and 10. I feel like I had a Dinwiddie game. I feel like I'm about to get ejected. <laughs> no, I'm going to elbow you in the face, and Katya is going to throw far, me out of here. Stay far away from me. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. Gymnastics you're doing over yeah, there. That looks dangerous. I might elbow myself oh, if I man. lean back too much further. But all right, Skin, be well. Be good. Yes. Those who out there who watched on YouTube, we salute you. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere, we're also on YouTube. And, hey, if you're on YouTube, you can also listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. And also, most weekends... On 97.1 The Freak, Studio 41 Radio from 12 to 2. We've got numbers on the boards. we got ceiling as the roof. we got the corner three with me and Katya who's behind the cams. Katya, thank you very much for doing all this. And uh, we'll see you some other time. Don't smoke crack, kids. Great, great advice.